Hello everyone, this is Jennifer Bryant and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. So today I am excited to welcome on the podcast Jill Monaco. Jill is the founder of Jill Monaco Ministries. She started that herself and she actually also publishes an online magazine called singlematters.com. Now she's led many Bible studies and programs for singles specifically from looking to loving, find the breakthrough you need so you can have the relationship you want. And she's also a certified freedom coach. Now that's that's sort of a Christian version of a life coach, but I what I love about Jill is that she's combined the two into her new book called The Freedom Coach Model. Okay, now listen to this title because this is exciting. It's called The Freedom Coach Model, Encounter the Presence of God and Find Freedom in Christ Through Powerful Questions and Listening Prayers. So Jill, it is so exciting to have you on the program today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, so we first met this summer at the She Speaks conference. I know it, and I immediately fell in love with you. <laughs> oh, same here. We did too. And your 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 voice is just so beautiful and welcoming. And then when we met you in person, we were just like, oh, we want to have her come speak at our church. And so so we're uh, working on that very soon, hopefully. So yeah, um, yeah. super excited. So, but at the very least, hey, you get to be a guest on the Practical Family Podcast. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I love how God just. You know, you meet somebody and you really don't know the purpose and um, he just connects hearts. And I think that's kingdom. You know, we're just we all kind of carry something when we connect. We know what we can do together. And I think that's so powerful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I love particularly your message, because even though you speak primarily to singles, I mean, which is such a necessary um, segment of our church family and community that often gets overlooked, I know. And even though our audience today is is mostly speaking to families and and um, and that segment of society, we need to recognize that whether you're single or you're married or you're in between, I don't know, can you be in between single and married? <laughs> Engaged, <laughs> <Yes>. I guess. <laughs> you know, right. just wherever you are, that the core message really is identity. And this is really where I want to I, I, I want to hone in on what the Lord has brought to you in terms of that identity message. Now, as a freedom coach, you take people through this this message of identity wherever they're hearing it come from, who they are. Everybody asks, who am I? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Now, what led you into the area of life coaching and then eventually the development of this book? Wow, it's such a good question. Um, you know, I think life just sets you up. You know, I could give you the long version, which is I made such a mess of my life and had made so many mistakes. And then I came to Christ and even walking as a believer just carried shame and condemnation and um, just really saw God as, you know, an Old Testament, angry, distant God. And the more I started studying with, you know, some people would use the term inner healing ministries. Um, the more I started going through that myself for my own freedom and really um, started learning how God saw me and that he wasn't a distant, angry God, but he was intimate and he loved me. And even when I messed up, he like spoke you know, sung songs over me and, you know, just such a good, generous, kind, tender God. 
Um, the more I started going through that, I just naturally started helping my friends and family with the tools that I was learning for myself. And at some point, um, someone had asked me um, if I would, as I started my ministry and started doing different things within my ministry to help people, freedom is a core, was always a core of that. Um, whether they're single or married, I have clients across the board. And I just realized life coaching started kind of being whispered in my ear and I started researching and, and I thought this looks like there's more tools here that I could have to help people better. And, um, and sure enough, it really, it, it taught me so much going through a certification and accreditation program. Um, and it's pretty rigorous as far as the hours you have to spend in training and being mentored and taking a test and, um, all of that. And I'm so glad I did because it gave me a foundation for asking powerful questions. I think in ministry, we're tempted to give advice mm. and, um, but when people really discover the truth for themselves, um, when they hear God for themselves, it's, there's a shift that happens. that's different. It just sticks and transformation happens. So that's kind of the maybe medium answer, of why I, I took ministry tools and coaching tools and put it together mm -hmm. and have seen really great success in, in lifelong freedom for people who have struggled for years with things. Um, and that's how I created the freedom coach model. Mm, wow. Now you're hitting on the issue of behavioral health. What would you say then um, is the difference between uh, what you do as a coach versus what a therapist or a psychiatrist would do. And, you know, why would somebody come to you versus a, uh, you know, a clinical therapist? That's such a good question. And I, and I think it's an important one to distinguish. Um, but I will say, I know a lot of counselors actually do a lot of the things that coaches do, um, at least in the areas of even some counselors that are Christian counselors, they're, you know, bringing in scripture and things like that. Um, but a counselor, a therapist, really seeks to find out the issues in the client's past that are blocking them. And they'll use, you know, techniques or tools um, to bring healing or closure so that their client can move forward. Um, so in some ways, we'll use some of the same dialogue techniques. Um, and, and, you know, but with counselors, clients are um, also being able to be assessed psychologically and, and emotionally um, and so most coaches like myself, if we see something, we will refer them um, to counselors or therapists if it's something like suicide or mm. addictions or depression or something like that. Right. Now, coaches allow the client to set the agenda for the discussion and coaches um, ask questions and we draw on different motivations, ideas and answers that are really already within the client. So already with you, like, I believe you have all the answers within you. Um, and so my job as a coach is to support the client in identifying maybe the lies that they're believing, um, and what's keeping them from moving forward with their goals. And some coaches like myself that are kind of in the category of transformational life coaches, um, will bring in scripture and, um, hearing God and, um, you know, and more of a biblical foundation, um, not the counselors don't, but we'll use those as, um, as like, for instance, I'll do maybe some more spiritual warfare mm -hmm. or declarations and having people repeat that, you know, counselors aren't doing that. So, and mm -hmm. there are counselors that are doing that. So I want to make sure I'm not, you know, 
discounting them. It's just everyone's a little different. But the main difference is that coaches allow the client to set the agenda. And we ask powerful questions, which is why it's part of the subtitle of my book. Right. Sure. And yes, and a lot of the times, you know, clinical therapists are are limited as to what they can say. You know, I I have friends who are, you know, licensed um uh, therapists, psychologists who are Christians, but they would not call themselves Christian therapists because, I mean, marketing that way kind of puts you in a in a niche that you know um, secular people won't necessarily come to. But I have Christian psychologist friends who do amazing work with secular folks who just have mm-hmm. you know they just don't see things from a biblical perspective, and that's you know. That's where they are in life right now, but but there is so much healing brought because little little do they know they're being given a biblical perspective. But the mm-hmm. the freedom that you have in this model specifically is that you speak to all those things, including spiritual warfare, and that's very very cool. Yeah, and people who come to me are coming with looking for that, and I'm really clear on what I offer as a coach. I can do what I call pure life coaching, and we can set goals for advancing in your job, and mm-hmm. we can still talk about what we call limiting beliefs. But my in the practice I do, it really is getting to the spiritual roots of why you're being held back, mm-hmm. and um, and then setting some goals, sur- you know, surrounding those. So I'm. I'm, most of my coaching is I'm asking you questions and you may not know the answer. So we have to go and have you ask God. And sometimes people aren't sure they're hearing God or is that me? Is that God? And we, you know, make sure it agrees with the word. And, um, a lot of times I know that what they're hearing is condemnation. It's not God because of what I know about God and what scripture says. So, so for some people learning to hear God in the beginning, that's the part of coaching is is coaching them to learn who Father God is so they can know him as he is, so they know the truth of the responses that they're getting and knowing when it's the enemy's voice as well. That's just as important. Now, do you find that people who come to you for coaching have similar core needs? And and what I mean by that is, do you tend to see really similar human uh, patterns, I guess, of what of what the needs tend to be based in? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't have been able to say this when I started because it's taken several years for me to see the pattern of what happens when people come to me. Um, and often it's through referral and recommendation. And so it's been somebody's testimony that said, Hey, I struggled with pornography and couldn't get breakthrough. And I went to Jill and, or shame or insecurities, or, you know, I'm stuck in my job. So they're usually what makes someone come to me is a symptom that they can't figure out why they still struggle with something. Mm-hmm. And they may have tried counseling and it hasn't worked. And um, again, not to disrespect um, or discredit any counselors, um, but what I, I think there are counselors who do what I do. But mm-hmm. what I'm doing different and what I'm seeing the patterns is people coming to me that say, I've tried everything else. Nothing has worked. I've had people say to me, I've tried every ministry thing. Why is yours going to be any different? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what I am, you know, often my calls are on the phone and I'll just say, Jesus, I, I don't have anything them to offer them. Only you, you are the only one that can help. And so I think people that come to me really want to change and they want to break free from something because they know they were created for more. 
Hmm. But sometimes they don't know what the more is because they're so stuck in the same thought patterns, even how they see themselves or how they see God. And they're so stuck in that. They just have a sense of, I need more in my life. I want purpose. I want um, a different career. I want a relationship. And they don't know why they can't get it. And so often that's when people come to me. Um, Hmm. And I'm always scared. I'm always like, oh, Jesus, I hope we can get to this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shouldn't say that because now I'm not as much. But I still pray that same prayer and just every time say, Lord, I have nothing to offer. I need I need to hear God during the sessions. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it is slightly prophetic and where I'm asking God, what do they need to know about mm-hmm. you? Right. Um, right. What truth do I need to help them see? Mm-hmm. And not lead them there by going ahead of them, but by presenting things that they can pick up on, kind of like crumbs on a on a path, mm. and that they can find the truth and find their way to Jesus. Um, I love this illustration that I want people to not look at me in the back of me. I want them to see Jesus and I become invisible. So I may still be leading them, but I'm not their focus. I'm mm. not their answer. I am not their Jesus. Only Jesus is. Yes. Oh, amen. Amen. So really, it's not, it's not you or anyone else as a, as a professional, I've, I figured out the answers here they are so I can enlighten you. It's like, I've been on the same journey. You've been on the same journey or similar one. And you Mm -hmm. know how much you can't do it without the Lord. So yeah, what you can do is draw them there. And I have to tell you, Jill, I, I was able to, and thank you for this, for, for getting me an advanced copy of your book that just came out yesterday on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, we are so excited about this. And it's got incredible ratings already. I mean, those uh, of us who've read it are just rating it so highly because we see the value in it. Yes, it's been such a blessing. You know, it was funny because at first I got like a three star or a four star instead of five. And I was like, Oh, what didn't they like? And I promised myself I wasn't going to read the reviews. Yeah. And then when I read the three and four star, they were still really complimentary. <laughs> I was like, and they didn't have anything bad to say. So I was like, uh, okay, well, that's just how they, they chose to start it, you know? Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yesterday it went to number one in one of the categories as an Amazon bestseller. So I was really surprised. I oh. was just hoping it would do well, you know, praise so. the Lord. Oh, that, and that is all him because as, as I look through it, I'm sorry, I started my thought and I meant to finish it, but as I finished oh, my okay. thought, um, uh, as I, as I look through it, uh, okay, I'm looking at structure. I'm looking at style. I'm an English teacher, and that's, you know, for, Lord, forgive me for that. But <laughs> I go, and then I start looking deeper and deeper at the content. I'm like, okay, this is how she set it up. Is this user-friendly? Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. It's written like a resource book because you list in there every chapter. I mean, you set people up to to understand how to approach it with the identity thing and, and with prayer and, you know, God's purpose for their life. And then... Each chapter is addressing a different, what we call in the church, a different spiritual stronghold. And you address some really deep stuff. <laughs> and no. I'm going, oh my goodness, how is she going to approach this? And then I go, and it's basically prayer. It's questions and it's prayers. And I'm going, Lord, this is not coming 
as an like an answer book from someone who has figured out how to overcome all the fears in the world. This is coming from a person who is leading people to the heart of God and for them to look, to be deeply introspective and say, what is it, Lord, in me that needs to change? What's the thinking? What's the thought pattern that needs to change? And this is why I think, Jill, I'm sorry, I'm taking over this podcast because it's supposed to be about you, but I just, this is personal testimony for me that this kind of resource can be incredibly life-changing and the freedom, the freedom that people can take away in this is, is just remarkable. So, Mm -hmm. so let me get back to you then. One of the things that you addressed at the forefront in your book is forgiveness. So Mm -hmm. how would you explain, how does forgiveness relate to one's identity and their spiritual health? Oh my goodness. I, it is such a foundation. I think that, um, I really did at the beginning of the book, put things in a certain order. So, um, forgiveness is one of the first, after I lay a foundation, it's one of the first things because it's one of the first things I work through with my clients because I find that it's the thing that prohibits you from seeing God for how he truly is and seeing yourself for who you are and seeing others for who they are. And unless we're wearing the lenses like glasses and seeing things as God sees them, then it filters everything else in our life. It's not like we take off our unforgiveness glasses with someone we like. Mm. Um, so it filters how we see the world. And so, um, it's one of, it's one of the reasons I use, uh, this as the first tool. Um, because you, it's like unforgiveness keeps you, in the scripture, it talks about it, that it keeps you in a jail. And Jesus used a parable um, about that. And the man who wouldn't forget, who wouldn't forgive, who he was forgiven a great big debt, but then he wouldn't forgive his, um, you know, servant, one of the other servants, a small debt. And he ended up in jail. And we end up putting ourselves in jail, in bondage with, and the only one we're punishing is ourselves. Um, so I think that, um, when it comes to identity, to answer your question, if, if we filter who we are and who others are through a lens of unforgiveness, we see things about them that the devil sees and the devil wants us to see, um, because he's angry and bitter. Unforgiveness is the thing that leads to hatred. It leads, if you take it further on down the line, that's why people murder each other. And that seed can grow and become bigger than you can manage in other areas. And so, Oh yes. And that leads me into the next thing. We talked a little bit before about being stuck. And if there is unforgiveness there, that has to do with our childhood, with specifically with our parents. And this Mm -hmm. is why I wanted to bring you on today, because when we talk about these issues at practical family, our goal is to help families to build strong foundations and healthy homes. And if Mm -hmm. there is brokenness that we grow up with and become adults, young adults in this world, and and, and then some of us who who get married and carry these burdens from our childhood into our marriage, how do you see family history affecting one's dynamic as an adult? I think it's absolutely significant in every way, even in ways we may not understand. I think, you know, um, people that study psychology would say um, a lot of things that we're familiar with. We've heard it so many times, you know, you end up um, marrying someone that is just like the parent that you had the least 
um, resolved um, conflict with. And that's because you're trying to resolve that conflict. Um, and so we do things that are subconscious like that. We don't even know that we're doing it. Um, but what happens is, is we take our relation, our experience with our parents, whether it's our father, mother, or siblings or friends, and we, um, inadvertently put that on, on the Trinity. So for instance, if, uh, you had a father, an earthly father that was domineering or, um, abusive or anything like that, you're not going to see father God in the way that he really is as, um, you know, he gives you free will and, and he's tender. Um, so we relate to father God, like our earthly father in the areas of security, identity, and provision. Mm. And we may relate to, um, Jesus in the way we relate to our friends and siblings in the areas of companionship, communication, or friendship. And then the Holy spirit, because the Holy spirit is the comforter. Often that's what mothers are. And so we relate to our, how we experienced our earthly mothers. We relate to the Holy Spirit spirit and things of nurturing or comforting or even teaching. And so if any of those things have been unhealed places in our soul or unhealed wounds, um, you don't even have to have reconciliation on earth, but if it's an unhealed place that when you think of that person or an experience and it, it upsets you, um, then, um, you can find that block in relating, um, to the Trinity and whichever one it is. So, and then that plays out into how you parent and, um, you know, even how you relate to other people, whether if you're a boss, then you might be more the father role and you may treat your employees in that way. So it really, um, it affects so many different kinds of relationships. That's why I'm passionate about helping people really know God for who he is. Um, because it just, it affects everything. It changes everything. So, yes. Oh, absolutely. I can see that. That is, that is such a clear picture of that. The father, God, Jesus, the son and the Holy spirit related to those human earthly relationships. Thank you for that. That is, oh, I'm, I wrote that down. I'm going to make an infographic about that. or something. Oh, well, hey, I, I did not make it up. So I'm not taking credit for that one. Um, I learned that from another ministry, um, mm-hmm out in Bethel in Redding, California, and they have something called Sozo Ministry. And so they're the ones that described it, and that's where I learned it. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for mentioning that today. Now that leads into the last thing I wanted to address with you here. So how then, when you're able to bring people to this place of realizing their real identity in God, how does this model, how does this freedom model help people to find freedom to encounter God on a deeper level and and then change? Well, I think at first, um, the model that I've outlined in the book, um, in the beginning and what I call the core freedom prayers, um, are in order. So we, um, the first thing we talk about is encountering God and creating a safe place with the father and learning who he is and how he sees you. And just a place that, um, I always say, Hey, if he's created a place for me in heaven, you know, a house for me with many rooms, then I ask him, like, what does that look like? Can you show me what my place looks like? And some people are visual and that works. Um, for other people, it's a scripture that comes to mind or a sense of something. And we start with that um, because that comes up in every session, especially when we get to some of the harder places um, in some of the chapters that might be dealing with sin or regret. Um, and then forgiveness. And, um, and then I work through what I call the wall or the rejection wall. 
um, because that keeps us from seeing things correctly. And, um, and in that, there's also a chapter on lies that we believe in truth. And mm-hmm. so those, um, and then the Trinity one that I just mentioned to you as well, those are the first sessions that I do with someone because it cuts through to whatever, everyone's got something in those areas that we work through. And then it kind of becomes more specific to their behavior, mm-hmm. um, or things that they're trying to get free from as God speaks into that and, um, into those areas, then when we might deal, say we're dealing with pornography or we're dealing with, um, uh, you know, maybe a soul tie that, you know, something you can't let go of, um, lies come up again. We need to hear God's truth again. We may need to forgive again, you know, so those things keep coming up. So the model is different because to get back to your original question, um, the model's different because I have an order to do it in, and I don't do it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So the way I wrote the book, like you said, there's a very short description of the chapter, and that's on purpose because I could write a couple thousand words on forgiveness, mm-hmm. but y'all heard it. So let's get to the meat of it, and let's get right to the prayer of asking God questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is an order to it because I find it most effective, and I do it at one session at a time. And that's how it is in the book. And then the other reason that it's different is because I ask you and I give you suggestions in the book. And when I'm coaching, we, what is the goal? Like, what do you want to get out of this? I often ask my clients, what's the thing you need to hear from God about today? Um, and then in the end, it's, you know, we, we work through the bulk of the session. And then in the end, it's, okay, so why don't you ask God, what do I need to do this week that's going to help me maintain my freedom or what do I want to remember that God said today? Um, or what is the, um, you know, what are some goals I need to set for myself? And so I'll just ask those questions. I am not giving any homework other than, you know, maybe what scripture do you need to memorize based on what they're telling me God's shown them and said, um, and we'll come up with these goals together. Um, so that's what makes the model different. It's really three sections. It's this, the opening of what do we need to work on? Here's the things we're going to be looking for in our conversation with God. Then it's asking God questions and praying through stuff and maybe forgiving or letting go of some things or even receiving how God sees you and declaring. This is, you know, the lie I've been believing is that I'm an idiot. And God says, I am brilliant and he made me with a purpose. And so it's declaring those things. And then in the end, setting up your goals. So that, that's a little bit, I think I gave you a super long answer. Um, but that's what makes this different than just doing a ministry thing where there's no follow-up, right, you know, or right. maybe a counselor that, um, you know, is I've, again, so helpful, but maybe they're not helping you set up goals. Um, I think a lot of them are, but the structure I use, um, because especially in the book, um, I wrote the book for my clients who were like, I loved what we did. I need to go through it on my own or can you send me a copy of your notes? They always want a picture of their notes that I took because I write (laughs) down what God said. And so I think what's different is you're hearing from God. You're not hearing from me. You're not hearing what a counselor says. You're not just rehashing your pain. You're handing God your pain and saying, tell me what you see and what you think. And then how do I move forward and get out of the enemy's grips and into the arms of the father to lead me into freedom, to be who he created you to be in the first place. Mm, yes. So that's, that's the goal. Amen. Oh, I love what you just said about rehashing pain because we can vent all day long. We can, I know people who, who go to therapists for years and that's just their thing. That's just their, their weekly vent session. 
pretty much. But, you know, and I've had therapists share with me too that, you know, about what they do, the ones who really, really want to see healing, they'll make a plan, but it's up to the person to follow through with that, right? So it's the venting versus the action. So what are you going to do today that's different than what you did yesterday? And and really, how do you see your life? If you're, you know, you picture yourself in an ideal world, what would that look like? And, you know, and, and the process, God works through that, doesn't he? But that's, that's also the process of us submitting ourselves to him. Whether we, again, whether we're single, whether we're a wife, a mother, an auntie, a grandma, it, it, wherever we are, we each have our individual roles and identity that God's given us to be effective in this world and to reach other people and to love others. Oh, it's, this is so my heart, Jill. <laughs> this is why, oh, uh, oh, this well, is why true, I'm so glad. Things change. You know, you mm-hmm. just mentioned a lot of different roles and um, yeah, I work with singles, but everybody was single at some point yeah. and um, often people are single again. Um, mm-hmm. If they're not the spouse who dies first, you know, then there's, they're not single again, but because of divorce and, mm-hmm. um, sickness. So I do work with singles, but this book is really for anybody because our roles change. And as our roles change, sometimes we get triggered by stuff that we didn't even know is still there because we're around different people or people, we have a new role. Um, but I do want to say this about, um, one of the things I really admire about, um, counselors and therapists, because so many of them have been so supportive of what I'm doing in my book and saying, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do with my clients. Um, and one of the things that I can't do as a coach is I can't diagnose right? and I can't. Um, so it's definitely very different. And I want to be clear, I'm not diagnosing. I'm trying to give you tools. And there have been times where I've told someone, I think you need to go to a therapist or counselor Mm -hmm. because um, if I see that people aren't getting these tools, then there's a deeper thing that I can't see. Right. Um, Right. So exactly. Well, good. Thank you, Jill. Now, can you uh, tell people where we can find you? You can find me at jillmonaco.com. Pretty much all the links to all the programs that we do with the ministry are there. You can find a link to the magazine or the course that you mentioned in the beginning, I release a few times a year and teach some of these freedom tools to singles live in from looking to loving. Um, if I have any events or speaking engagements, all that is just jillmonaco.com social media. Um, I'm kind of everywhere, even though I, uh, I, I may not post all the time, but I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, at jillmonaco. And then, um, on Facebook, it's Jill Monaco Ministries. Great. And again, the name of that book is Freedom Coach Model. Encounter the presence of God and find freedom in Christ through powerful questions and listening prayers. You can find that in the links on our show notes and reach Jill at jillmonaco.com, as she says. Jill, you're just a ball of joy. I love talking to you and I love following you on Facebook and your the videos that you post are just so uplifting. So Thank you for being on the Practical Family Podcast today. Thank you for having me. Well, that was Jill Monaco. And again, she's the author of The Freedom Coach Model. You can find a link to that book through Amazon on our show notes, or you can order directly through Jill at jillmonaco.com. This would be a great resource for your ministry. If you have pastoral ministry, 
at, that's active at your church, or if you mentor young women or young men, pick this up as a resource. Look through it for yourself and look at the questions that Jill has you go through in there. I like to bring on guests like this that get us to look at the deeper heart issues that often affect our spiritual lives, which then in turn affect our family life. And at Practical Family, we are about building strong foundations and healthy homes. And as you listen to the second podcast in this series, you will notice that part of being a healthy home is being an emotionally and spiritually healthy home. And that requires us to look deep within ourselves and ask, what are the patterns? What are the lies that I may be believing about myself, about God, about others that's causing me to stay stuck in a place that I don't want to stay stuck in? So pick up the Freedom Coach model today for yourself, for a friend. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Practical Family Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and as always at practicalfamily.org. Thanks so much for listening to the Practical Family Podcast, where we are encouraging families to build strong foundations and healthy homes.